This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hi, my name is Paul Guinan. I'm the manager of market risk and securities lending for RMA. I'm joined today by Jim Clark of Clark Consulting and former professor of finance at Villanova University. Thank you for joining me, Jim. In your, uh, in your work and interaction with community banks, what are the major concerns of regulators related to balance sheet management? Uh, Paul, I see um, uh, both in my consulting business, I work with community banks on, on uh, market risk issues and on strategic planning. And I'm also on the board of a couple of community banks, <clears throat> so I see it in both, in, with both of my hats, uh, the issues. Number one uh, is probably this credit risk. Uh, that has surfaced in the last two years, uh, and it's because we are eight years, now in nine years, into an expansion in the business cycle. Um, the, um, the second issue <coughs> that they are, have gotten concerned about in the last year is liquidity risk. Um, and they're, they, they're seeing the same data I'm seeing. Uh, if you look at call reports, you can see bank loan-to-asset ratios are rising over the last two to three years because loan demand's been decent uh, and loan-to-deposit ratios are increasing. Examiners see it, I see it, so it, it's on their radar. And the third one has been on their radar for the last three years. I mean, the third one is interest rate risk. Uh, the Fed began raising rates December of 2015. Uh, they moved them once in 15. They moved them once in 16. And now they've moved them twice in 17, March and June. Uh, at some point, we're going to see more aggressive deposit pricing, and that's the concern of the regulators. Thanks, Jim. Let's discuss credit risk. In your view, where are we currently in the business cycle, and how is credit risk historically correlated with the business cycle? Uh, Paul, we're uh, 98 months into a cycle, into an expansion that began in uh, July of uh, 2009. Um, if you check uh, economic forecasts, you'll see that there are not a whole lot of probability among economists for a, for a, a recession in 2018. Um, the uh, but these people have been wrong before, so I think you got to be cautious. The best thing I think to do is look at history. Um, this is the third longest cycle in history. It's uh, at 98 months. It just it passed uh, the former third longest cycle, which was the 1980s, uh, the Reagan period. Um, that was 92 months. We're now at 98 months. Uh, the second longest is Vietnam, out of the 60s into the beginning of the 70s. That one is about 106 months. Uh, so it's not long before we're going to pass that one and become number two. The longest cycle is 120 months, which is the 1990s. Started in 1991 and ran through the first quarter of 2001. So that's the longest. Um, we're still two, almost two years away from uh, surpassing that cycle. So the, um, the, we, this is a market economy. We're capitalism. Uh, regardless of what people say, uh, this is a capitalist society. We, we live with cycles. This cycle is going to turn someday. It always has, and it likely always will turn. Um, the, um, the key is to look at the correlations as these cycles turn. And you can look, if you want to see a real estate correlation, go back to the 91 uh, cycle. 91 to 93, look at the real estate problems that hit New Jersey, mo much of the East Coast. Uh, New England, New Jersey were hit very bad. 
uh, and then go to 2007, 2008. Uh, again, serious real estate crisis here. It wasn't so much com commercial initially. It was residential mortgage lending that initiated it. But the, the point is this. In 2006, 2007, you can't make a bad loan. In 2009, 2010, you find out something. It's easy to make bad loans as you hit top of cycles. Uh, we're near that. We're likely in the ballpark today, and that's why examiners who fell asleep back in 2005 and 2006 didn't pay attention. Uh, they won't openly admit this, but you can look at the data. You can see. Check those banks in Florida that went under in 2009, 2010, and go pull their call report, and you'll see just excessive concentrations in construction lending and commercial real estate. So examiners have looked back at that period and now they're looking at where we are today and they're starting to get serious with with credit risk, mainly commercial commercial lending and mainly commercial real estate. Thanks, Jim. So with that context, <coughs> is community bank exposure to commercial real estate an issue that they really need to start focusing on? Yeah, that's um, the regulatory guideline is 300% of capital. Both the OCC and the FDIC focus on 300% of capital in, con in commercial real estate lending. Pull, pull call data or uniform bank performance data, uh, and you'd see you can you can if you can get selective. You won't see it in peer groups, but you got to pull certain banks, and you'll see there are people above 300% of capital in, in commercial real estate lending. The pocket air, the areas where you need to be concerned, I think, would be Florida. Florida already is seeing overbuilding in condos. But also, I was in the Midwest last week. I don't see any significant issues in the Midwest because they came late to the cycle. They overbuilt in the, in the last decade. They got hit real bad with the recession of 2008. Um, so they came late to, uh, to building. Uh, especially five plots, which is apartment houses. But if you want to see concentration in apartment, go look at Boston. Look at New Jersey, New York metro area, <clears throat> and look at Philadelphia, uh, and you'll see uh, tremendous concentration in, in new areas in, in construction of uh, five plus or apartment houses. Uh, but you're also seeing traditional uh, commercial real estate, shopping centers, office buildings. Uh, this has been a, a real boom. And it, we may be reaching a point in certain markets, uh, and I think the East Coast is probably the areas where I'd be most concerned if I were an ex examiner. We're probably we're hitting saturation points, and you're starting to see evidence of it. You're starting to see people slow down one to four family or five plus uh, family construction these apartment constructions. So, commercial real estate is likely the the thing that's the most concern of examiners. Thanks, Jim. Uh, I think that one of the areas that's been um, noted recently is a little bit of concern regarding auto loans. Uh, is this an area that banks should be still in, uh, concerned about, or is that something that's sort of come and gone? Uh, consumer lending. Uh, the, the Wall Street Journal ran an article the first or second week of August on consumer lending. Uh, student loans are significantly above a trillion now. Uh, uh, credit card debt has gone above a trillion, and auto lending is in that ballpark. And auto lending has been expanding for the last four or five years. Uh, auto lending, you don't see much of this in community banks. This is more the regional banks and the larger banks. Uh, 
if community banks do auto lending, uh, the, the, you won't see very few, maybe 5% to 10% would have any significant concentration. And if it's concentration, it's going to be indirect auto lending. Uh, there's no community bank that's likely going to be able to do direct lending. Uh, they're doing it through the dealers. Um, uh, probably uh, beca because they're doing some floor plan lending and they're picking up the uh, the auto loans with it. But it's generally indirect lending. I, I don't think that's a major threat to most community banks. So I guess to wrap this up, uh, are there any concerns for institutions regarding construction lending? I think you might have mentioned that a few moments ago. Yeah, uh, construction lending is one of the three pieces of commercial. Commercial is commercial real estate. It's, it's what's C&I lending, which is, commercial, is uh, business lending. Uh, not based on real estate collateral, and then construction lending. Uh, construction lending uh, was way out of the ballpark in 2006, 2007. The guideline, regulatory guideline on construction lending is 100% of capital. Um, you go back and you pull data from the 19, from 2008, 2009 FDIC closures, and you're going to see Florida banks, Georgia banks with three, 400% of capital in construction lending. Uh, and, and you ask yourself a simple question, how could an examiner walk in those banks from 202 to 208 and see that level of concentration and not give them a consent or a cease and desist? Uh, and then finally, we have to put them out of business in 208, 209. So construction lending has to be a major concern of examiners. But if you pull data, you'll see that it's, it's not an issue. If you p pull peer data on call reports, it's not a significant issue in in peer data. You got to find individual banks and I can sh I can find some. Uh, I work much in New England, the Mid-Atlantic states, the Midwest, and here and there you run into a bank with significant concentration in construction. Uh, I have a client in New England where that's the case and I noticed last fall uh, they were examined and all of a sudden their concentration has declined. Now, I, I don't get into looking at your examination reports, that's confidential, but I could guess what happened. The examiner, that, that bank was about 130% of capital and construction lending, probably the examiner gave them the word, you, you got to pull back on this. And so I think selectively they're pulling back. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the major cri uh, issue for community banks. It's, it, commercial real estate is likely the, the major issue.